We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. I want to share with you three headlines over the last few years from The Atlantic. Headline one, May 2020. So before the 2020 elections, why Americans might not trust the election results. Many are already worried about the integrity of November's vote. Then November of 2022. Bad losers. Election deniers are a threat to democracy. The midterms could be the last chance to stop them. That was right before the midterms of 2022. Interesting how they went from just reporting that Americans may not trust the election results to you're a bad loser and you're an election denier. And then this month, how Democrats could disqualify Trump if the Supreme Court doesn't. That is why I start off every episode of this show and we'll probably do so through election 2024 with the following intro of Biden talking to his team before the election of 2020, talking about the inclusive and extensive voter fraud operation they had going into 2020. 2024 America, the America of stolen elections. We're in a situation where we have put together and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Welcome to the BCP podcast. I am James Black Conservative Patriot. Now, there's a plan, folks. There, there is a plan. There are multiple plans, schemes, and plots to kill President Trump and put in Nikki Haley or Gavin Newsom. There are plots to keep him off of the ballot. That's not going so well, it looks like, from the Supreme Court. There are schemes to imprison him, bankrupt him through lawfare. We're talking about all the animus, there, all the different attacks against President Trump. And there's fear that he will win. And that is why, for instance, they're trying to make it so that he has to have open borders and all of these Biden policies and he can't reverse those when he wins. And then there's this plot to just simply not certify the election when President Trump wins this November. This Atlantic article, how Democrats could disqualify Trump if the Supreme Court doesn't, without clear guidance from the court, House Democrats suggest they might not certify a Trump win on January 6th. From a few days ago, near the end of the Supreme Court's oral arguments about whether Colorado could exclude former President Donald Trump from its ballot as an insurrectionist, the attorney representing voters from the state offered a warning to the justices one evoking the January 6th riot 
that had set the case in motion. By this point in the hearing, the justices made clear that they didn't like the idea of allowing a single state to kick Trump out of the presidential race, and they didn't appear comfortable with the court doing so either. Saying that Trump could likely stay on the ballot, the attorney, Jason Murray, said that the Supreme Court didn't resolve the question of Trump's eligibility. It could come back with a vengeance after the election when the Congress meets once again to count and certify the votes of the Electoral College. Murray and other legal scholars say that absent clear guidance from the Supreme Court, a Trump win could lead to a constitutional crisis in Congress. Democrats would have to choose between confirming a winner many of them believe is ineligible and defying the will of the voters who elected him. Their choice could be decisive. Wow. Think about this. Think about this. Is this not maddening? Damn it, is this not maddening? There are many of our brothers and sisters languishing in D.C. gulags. Many have committed suicide from desperation and depression. I don't think Jake Lang has had his day in court yet going on three years. So much for the constitutional right of having uh, your right to a fair and speedy trial. They are called insurrectionists because they went and protested on January 6th and wanted Congress to do their job of just putting a pause, a pause on certifying the election and going back and looking at those states that perhaps were stolen and looking at those before certifying, they threw their asses in jail, called them insurrectionists, tried to impeach, or actually they did impeach President Trump over this and trying to keep him off the ballot, yet if he wins, they are not going to certify the election? They're literally going to commit the same crime that they are trying to keep President Trump off the ballot on, they impeached him over, and we have our fellow citizens unconstitutionally held against their will and imprisoned over. America sure is a scary place, folks. America sure is a scary place. Oh, by the way, let me mention this. Just learned over the weekend, my loving parents did not want to uh, alarm me my parents who are listening to this show are probably saying, they, they say, oh, oh, we forgot to mention it to you. The same day that Nana's show, Junior's show, Juniorette's show over on Nothing But The News and YouTube was kicked off of the YouTube partnership program, demonetized, and w- when they do this, They want to take your channel down, so that's why over there on Nothing But The News, they just hit all their content and not uploaded anything. Actually, let me take that back. I'm now logging into Nothing But The News on YouTube, and I'm reminded that they did put up a few videos since they they were kicked off the YouTube partnership program. One is a video explaining what happened to the channel, and the other is a promotional uh, sneak peek of this show. But what they did is the same day that they kicked Nana Nothing But The News off of YouTube, I just found out this weekend, they also kicked my dad off of his personal Facebook. Just kicked him off of his Facebook 
He appealed it. They said, okay, we have we, we, we accept your appeal. I forget the reason he told me it was something that was lame. Uh, and then he went to log in and they said, oh no, you've been suspended. And then they give him no reason and he has no time frame how long he'll be suspended. So Nana, Junior and Juniorette on YouTube for affiliation to me are punished and my dad punished on Facebook. He can't be on Facebook right now. He's just suspended as of, I think we had dinner with them, I think on, on Friday. So I talked to him on Saturday and I talked to my mom on Sunday. She didn't mention that he was back on Facebook. So I'm assuming he's still in timeout. Simply, simply for being my parents and raising me right. Gotta punish everyone. That is the Marxist Mark Zuckerberg. This is what these treasonous, traitorous, rat bastards who hate the Constitution and freedom do. These are demonic, evil people that will crush you. And that is what they're going to do. According to the Atlantic, that's a plan that the Democrats have to stop President Trump if they can't do it anyway. Even if he wins, it doesn't mean they're going to stop. They are not going to certify the election, possibly. So let's get back to the Atlantic. This is uh, this is a great... <laughs> I love this. Democrats, the worst thing in history of the world, punishable perhaps by death, is not voting to certify an election. Also, Democrats, we are conspiring now to not certify the next election if our opponent wins. The Liberal Journal of the Atlantic is reporting that unless they receive guidance from the U.S. Supreme Court, House Democrats might not certify the 2024 election when President Trump wins. Isn't this the entire basis of the Democrat media freakout over January 6th? Isn't this why so many Trump supporters are currently suffering in prison? Aren't these the same Democrats who have been shrieking about the importance of our democracy for years now? This is what they said. Democrats would have to choose between confirming a winner many of them believe is ineligible and defying the will of voters who elected him. Their choice could be decisive. As their victory in a House special election in New York last week demonstrated, Democrats have a serious chance of winning a majority in Congress in November, even if Trump recaptures the presidency on the same day. If that happens, they could have the votes to prevent him from taking office. In interviews, senior House Democrats would not commit to certify a Trump win, saying they would do so only if the Supreme Court affirms his eligibility. But during oral arguments, liberal and conservative justices alike seemed inclined to dodge the question of his eligibility altogether and throw the decision to Congress. Now, it's not so much that the Democrats are going to take over Congress again. They are stealing elections. For instance, it's a uniparty. They kicked out George Santos, who had a 100% conservative voting record. And then that special election brought in a Democrat. Thank you, uh, Kevin McCarthy and the Swamp, who destroyed uh, our slim majority. I hope Kevin McCarthy has a horrible, horrible political life. I'll just keep it at, at that point. I hope he has a horrible po uh, political life for what he did uh, as a speaker of not keeping his word, and then, of course, of sabotaging with him and his, I think is probably his gay bed buddy. Uh, they're out, and they got George Santos out, and the, the entire, I, I hope everyone who took our 
I'm not, I don't, I'm not even a Republican, right? I'm a conservative. I've left the Republican Party because they wouldn't back President Trump in the stealing of the election of 2020, and they just show that they're part of the uniparty swamp. So why, why would I want to be a Republican when being a Republican just means you are part of the swamp? This is the latest in their plot to steal the election of 2024. And if they can't steal the election of 2024, like we've seen everything since November of 2020, this is their continued plot to stop President Trump from taking office. For hardworking Americans, November 5th will be our new Liberation Day. But for the liars and cheaters and fraudsters and censors and imposters who have commandeered our government, it will be their judgment day. Their judgment day. That's President Trump at CPAC. So number uh, November 5th will be the judgment day for the cheaters and the fraudsters and those who would censor us. But they have a plan B, C, D, E, F, G, including not certifying the win. America 2024, we have never been in this place in history, in the entire history of our relatively young republic of the United States of America. Steve Bannon also had something to say about all of the stealing and all of this that we're seeing in 2024 also this weekend at CPAC. Onward to victory! Onward to victory! Is there anything going to stop us from winning on 5 November of 2024? I can't hear you. Is anything going to stop us? Today, in this very hall, the greatest president of the 20th and 21st century sat here and said he's a political dissident. He's persecuted. That is a mark upon our country because it's absolutely true, 100% true. Because he gave us three years of peace and prosperity before he was hit with a Chinese bioweapon. And they stole the 2020 election. Media, I want you to suck on this. I want the White House to suck on this. You lost in 2020. Donald Trump is the legitimate president of the United States. That's why they hate Steve Bannon. And that's why they hate me. And that's why they're even punishing my parents. My dad can't even post pictures on Facebook of his lemon tree in his backyard that was destroyed because of the flood, uh, the flooding, some flooding and the storm that happened in Southern California a few weeks back. And he tells the mainstream media to suck on this. And for those of you listening to this, I can't see it. He's sitting there uh, at the podium and he's tapping the podium with his finger. He's tapping it with his middle finger that is exposed more than the other fingers. In other words, he's giving a secret, a not-so-secret salute to the press and to Joe Biden. He's giving them, essentially, an upside-down middle finger. So, 
The election was stolen in 2020. They stole the midterms in 2022. But they don't seem very confident that they're going to be able to steal it in 2024. And once again, as I led with the headline story, and that's why they're just going to work on not certifying his win. Trump won! Trump won! Trump won! Trump won! Trump won! Trump won! You know how we know categorically that Trump won now? Because the New York Times and MSNBC and the Washington Post understand we're about to out them, right? We're going to adjudicate this after victory. If, 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 if Biden actually won, he would be a revered hero to them. If Kamala Harris had really been the wingman, she'd be a revered hero. The New York Times is throwing Biden under the bus every day and backing him up over him. That shows you they know he's an illegitimate regime head. He's a usurper in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. To every working class Democrat and populist in the Democratic Party, when we get to the White House and go through and adjudicate the fact that 2020 was stolen in this illegitimate regime, what they've done to destroy this country, nobody that loved this country would do what he's doing to the country, would they? Okay, let's get into the uh, let's get into something else that I found, found very interesting uh, during CPAC was uh, Jim Jordan. They've got the goods on Fannie Willis. That that whole RICO case, I don't see why this week it wouldn't get thrown out. I'm not sure if uh, Jimmy Kimmel understood what the title of this uh, conversation is. What you talking about, Willis? Fannie Willis. Uh, did she get back to you today? Yeah, we subpoenaed her. Not yet. Um, I just talked Wait, to her. Wait, is staff. she supposed to get back to you today? Yeah, she's supposed to get documents. Well, to did us. you hear from her boyfriend? We haven't. So some. I was talking about this in the office, and I said, I said, Fonnie Wade, and it was like a Freudian slip, you know, like I, I, Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade. So, uh, uh, no, we haven't heard back from her yet. We'll see what we get from her. But there's a whistleblower in her office who we have talked to, our, the committee staff. Yeah, and she, uh, the whistleblower, uh, I think she's like four foot eleven, but Fonnie Willis had seven police like escort her out when when she fired this lady, because this lady raised the concern that Miss Willis was not spending federal funds and the not following the grant, uh, the rules of the grant and, and, and the grant dollars in the, in the appropriate manner. So uh, she raised this concern and finally Willis fired her. She's now talking with our office and we'll see where that goes. And that's why we, we subpoenaed for records and documents related to this. We'll see what we get. Uh, there's still a few hours left in today. She also was interesting. She, instead of accepting service on the subpoena, she made us send the U.S. Marshals. Even though our office had talked with her office, we've had correspondence back and forth she made the u.s marshals take the subpoena there so uh, go figure and it's no guess really that jim jordan is talking about amanda timpson who we covered on this program who fanny willis perp walked out when she pointed out that one of his people was misusing federal funds i think we're going to see in the coming days and weeks the falling apart of some of these lawfare attacks against president trump as President Trump now has a huge bill illegally put on him by the state of New York. Oh, not just the $250 million that they originally were going uh, for Letitia James in New York. 
which then went up to 370 million. But when they go back and add all the interest and all the penalties, wow, are we looking at a huge bill that President Trump not only is rightfully going to fight, but damn it, he shouldn't pay a red cent of. The New York civil fraud verdict was just ballooned to a staggering $454 million with interest. All right, so it's Monday. Let's see what development we have on President Trump's fight against this ridiculous New York civil fraud verdict and the added interest. Let's move our focus uh, to the border, not just the border with Mexico and the United States where all these illegal invaders are coming into our country, but let's go even further down to Panama, down to Panama, where a well-oiled machine, a globalist, you know, we're supposed to be conspiracy theorists, right? We talk about these globalists and their plots and schemes to overthrow America and to dissolve our sovereignty, our liberty, and our independence. Yeah, it's actively happening right now. And the same people that we're funding, the same globalists that we are funding with our taxpayer money is undermining us. Let's start off real quick with uh, Laura Loomer and her finding these buses in the middle of the night taking people from the Darien Gap in Panama into Central America so they can make their way to America. And then let's see who's really behind all of this. So that's one of the migrant buses and we just hopped on. <laughs> I, saw the, uh, I saw the door open and so I uh, got out of the car that I was in, slammed the door and ran over here and uh, tried to get on the bus. And they just left the Lajas Blancas migrant camp that I visited this week. And uh, the driver was a little skittish, right? And he said, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I said, oh, you know, I'm a tourist. I just want to see, you know, I want to see who these migrants are. Can I talk to them? And he goes, oh, you have to, you have to consult with migration. And I said, oh, well, I just want to, I want to talk to the owner because uh, I'm really interested in this. And he said, oh, there's multiple owners of the buses. So that's really interesting that there's multiple owners. And when I got on the bus, there was a, there were a lot of African migrants and you could see from the video, they were wearing traditional African garb as well. And I said, where are you going? And he said, Costa Rica, because they're taking them from the migrant camp after completing the route in Darien Gap to Costa Rica. I asked him, how much is a bus ticket? He said, $60. The ride is 15 hours from here to Costa Rica. And then from there, they can pay another $30 to go to Nicaragua. And then they go to Honduras. And then they go to the Mexican, they go to Mexico. And many of them come across the Mexican border into Texas. So you got to see how that happens. It's uh, it's about uh, 10 o'clock at night here in Panama. And so when you hear stories about migrants being transported in the late of night, you do the math, okay? It is currently 10 p.m. and they're gonna be driving for 15 hours in a big bus full of African and Hispanic migrants to invaders is what they really are, migrants. I mean, like, it's a ridiculous term. Uh, and they're going to Costa Rica. So. Don't listen to the media that says that it's a conspiracy theory when people say, oh, there's buses of migrants being transported in the middle of the night because we just showed you. I just showed you how real that is uh, by hopping on the bus. And ultimately, like I was able to, you know, kind of sweet talk some time into it. But they ended up they ended up driving away. And you can see from the camera footage, right, the entire bus, there's about 40 seats on the bus. And all those people, right, they're headed to the United States of America. Why? Well, because we have an invasion at our southern border because the border is, is poor. It's, it's open. 
But would you believe that Axios actually tweeted this out over the weekend? They they tweeted out a link to one of their previous articles from several months ago. Check this out. Axios on Saturday. By using the term open borders, conservatives are falsely suggesting that anyone can get into the U.S. without much hassle. But the southern border is more fortified than it's ever been. Axio explains the myth of the U.S.-Mexico open border. This is like the 2020. This is like the lie that the 2020 election was the most secure one ever. It was the most secure ever. When they go for a lie, they go big or they go home. And that's what we have here with Axios tweeting out over the weekend that the southern border is more fortified than it has ever been. Border Patrol Union tweeted out their response with a whole bunch of laughing while crying emojis. Absolutely ridiculous. The justice and race reporter for Axios, Russ Contreras, Contreras, declared the border fortified. You can see the fortified border by looking at the picture below. Super fortified. The most fortified it's ever been. Nothing but a very fortified border. Problem solved, everybody. And it's a picture for those of you listening of hundreds of migrants just crossing the Rio Grande into the America, into the United States, unabated. And it continues. Yes, Russ Contreras said that. You guys uh, caught me over uh, a few episodes ago mispronouncing Spanish names in San Diego. I don't know why when I when I do this report and I read stuff in English, I just think in English and I read them as if they were English. Even words I, I know in Spanish. Um, but yes, Russ Contreras uh, you know, for Axio saying, it's the most fortified border ever. Most fortified border ever. Nothing to see here, folks. Move along, move along. The border crisis and unchecked illegal immigration It's such a huge problem that it has now eclipsed the economy as the top issue of the 2024 election. Some liberal media outlets have tried to gaslight the American people on this. And this report from Axio takes the gaslighting to a whole new level. When you click on the article, you'll see that this is uh, from back, uh, I think it was in October. Yeah, October 17th, 2023. But of course, we're covering it because... Axios over the weekend retweeted it out. And what they're saying is this. As the Biden administration grapples with the soaring number of migrants and asylum seekers at the U.S.-Mexico border, conservative pundits and politicians have up accusations that some Democrats support open border policies. The big picture. By using the term open border, conservatives, including Representative Jim Jordan, who I just showed you a while ago, is seeking uh, the role of House Speaker. That was obviously as we said from uh, last year, this article. But the reality check is that since 1992, according to Axios, the U.S. has quadrupled the number of Border Patrol agents from less than 5,000 to nearly 20,000 today. Of course, that is to be the welcoming committee and to process these illegal aliens. Barriers, walls, and fences have been erected along uh, portions of the 2,000-mile U.S.-Mexico border in addition to new Border Patrol outposts and high-tech surveillance systems. This is actually all true, but it's not stopping the border from not being enforced and therefore porous. If I have a Walmart with security and doors that locked and sliding doors that locked, but we just have the security guards welcoming everyone in and we 
open the sliding door till it's fully open position and let anyone come into Walmart. There could be a close sign on there. Yes, there could be security there. And yes, there could be doors there. But if those doors are open and security isn't stopping anybody, doesn't matter what that close sign says, Walmart is open and people can march right in. The Border Patrol regularly breaks border arrest records, highlighting the difficulty of entering the country illegally. No, once again, that is just gaslighting at a level uh, I don't think has ever been seen in history. Well, I know it's never been seen in history because there is such massive information now, access to information that we would have with a free and fair internet. And that is why the gaslighting and that is why the censorship. By the way, once again, thank you so much for your support of this program. Look, unfortunately, having access to uh, readily, r- readily available free access to the news is a thing of the past. Uh, I know there's new models uh, being created as we try to create a parallel economy. But you want the news, you want my take on the news, and you pay for it with your hard-earned money, and we are truly appreciative of that. So who's who's behind the chaos at the U.S.-Mexico border? A former Panama border chief who is now part of the current administration of Panama spilled the beans. Epic Times. Panama's former Centerfront director says... The UN and its nonprofit partners made mass migration worse when they moved into his country of Panama. The UN is behind the chaos at the US Mexico border. Don't take it from me, take it from someone on the ground in Panama. Here's a great report by the Epoch Times from several days ago. The former director of Panama's Border Patrol told the Epoch Times that the United Nations. Migration agenda is behind the chaos at the U.S. southern border and the U.N. partners are making things worse instead of better. Of course they are. It is by design. This is part of the globalist plot to water down and destroy the great experiment of liberty and freedom known as the United States of America. Oriel Ortega, now a security and defense consultant to Panamanian President Laurentino Cortizo, Lorentino Contiso, it's in Spanish, but it for some reason to me reads like it's in Italian, said during an interview four days ago that he saw a jump in migration in 2016 at the same time that more non-governmental organizations moved into Panama. That increase corresponded with the UN's Global Compact for Safe, Orderly, and Regular Migration meeting in 2016. Once again, folks, they meet, the UN meets, the WEF meets, the, uh, you know, all these globalist organizations meet. They tell us what they're going to do and they immediately implement them. That is why I made the episode a few days ago, be aware of a cyber attack that could cripple us. They told us it's going to happen. They told us that they were going to increase illegal migration, not just into Europe, but into the United States. And lo and behold, a few months later, they do it. When they say what they're going to do and who they truly are, believe them. Believe them. Under the UN, the migration process has been, has been anything but orderly, Mr. Ortega said. It's completely opposite right now, he said through an interpreter. Documents show that in 2023, a record 500,000 migrants traveled through the dense jungle known as the Darien Gap from Colombia into Panama. Migrants from around the world are flying in the South and Central America to start their journey. But their final destination 
is the United States. But it's a conspiracy theory to believe that all of this is coordinated, that globalists and their agenda is anti-American. They just want peace and to help people. That's all they're after. Really, let's look at an expert who says otherwise. We have here Kelly Greenhill, who says that weaker countries are using migration to destabilize their more powerful adversaries. Joseph Hummeyer is the executive director of the Center for Secure Free Society and an expert on unconventional warfare. He believes that what Americans are seeing at the U.S. border now is this plan, this plot, outlined in the book Weapons of Mass Migration, Forced Displacement, Coercion, and Foreign Policy by the aforementioned Kelly Greenhill. This isn't a conspiracy theory. The invasion at the southern border is strategic engineered migration. And Mr. Ortega agreed that the NGOs have made the immigration problem worse. Instead of helping, they're being part of the problem. It's not the migrants themselves are creating a national threat. It's the organized crime and it is these international organizations. And guess who's also in bed with these organizations? The man at the very top himself, the fake president, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. This is not a conspiracy theory, folks. Open your eyes and you will see. And just in case you do not see it, there'll be people at CPAC to point it out for you. And not just, you know, talking heads, but people that might know something about this, like, I don't know, the Attorney General of Texas. General Paxton, yeah. what are we doing in Texas? What do we need to do? If you're the future Attorney General, what do we need to do to fix this problem? Uh, Texas has no interest in this issue. <laughs> no, it's, it's so obvious. We saw what worked under Trump. It was called enforcing the very things that he talked about. And as soon, as soon literally day one, Joe Biden comes out and said, I'm not deporting anybody. And off to the races, we sued him. Within three days, we had an injunction. And he dismantled Remain in Mexico. He dismantled Title 42. He wasted all the resources appropriated to build the wall and let it all rot, paid contractors not to work, and all of that went to waste. The catch and release started up again. So all the policies that worked that brought all the numbers down, when you reverse those policies, all the numbers went up. I don't know why the media can't figure this out, but it's really obvious. And Joe Biden is clearly in partnership without saying it, without having a written contract with the cartels. The cartels, this is true. It's true. He has told them openly, bring as many people here as possible as fast as you can. You don't have to hide from us anymore. You remember they used to hide? They used to try to sneak across? That is not what happens anymore unless they're like terrorists or really bad criminals, because they even let criminals in. We've, been, we've sued them over that. So this is an administration that this is exactly what they want. They know they're helping the cartels bring drugs in, human trafficking. It is all designed by our own government. And so we are in a war with the cartels, with the Chinese importing fentanyl, and our own president against the United States and our country and my state. So we have to have a new president because this is clearly not working. Ken Paxton, name being floated for Attorney General for President Trump, think it'd be great. That's probably why they tried to oust him. 
like they're trying to oust President Trump. But it's right there for everyone to see. The Biden regime is in bed with the cartels. And to go back to this article to drive the point home that this is all coordinated coordinated as part of a bigger plot and scheme and plan to undermine America. And guess what? We get to pay for it. Going back to the Epoch Times article, at the Las Blancas camp in Panama, migrants have access to a number of large maps provided by these non-government organizations that display detailed migration routes heading to the United States. One map is from Hayas, an NGO founded as the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, which recently received $11 million from the United States and two grants awarded for Latin America migrants. Migrants also told the Epic Times that the NGO staff, several of which are funded by U.S. taxpayer money, only visit the camps for several hours each day. I do not know where the funds are going, Mr. Ortega said of the NGOs when told about complaints from migrants. The funds, the funds are supposed to help are to be there to help the migrants. So we're laundering money to these NGOs who aren't doing their job they're supposed to be doing. They're just facilitating what they can and playing their part in the UN globalist plot, plan, scheme. And we can see this everywhere. I keep using those same words, folks. I, 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 this is not just a literary or an oratory ploy. I want you to understand that we are being plotted against we are being schemed against. This is skullduggery. This is using our taxpayer money to invade our country. And they told us to prepare for a mass event. And how can I, it must be the hand of providence that it hasn't happened yet. We are being undermined from without by the treasonous, traitorous rat bastard Joe Biden and his regime from within and they want to stay in power and they have a plan to oust President Trump when he wins in November by not certifying the election these are precarious times my brothers and sisters and with that please receive a big warm hug a ciao a goodbye and a God bless until tomorrow's episode we're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics.